Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. Sharing a Coke, sipping a Starbucks unicorn frappuccino, taking a photo on your iPhone. These are some of the most memorable branded or product experiences of the last few years. You probably remember them well. Each one brought a visually appealing, personalized moment to the forefront, which evoked emotion and motivated consumers to spread the word about it. But you might be surprised at how other brands and products, though not carried by a top 10 globally recognizable brand name, achieve commensurate scale when it comes to the buzz they generate. Take, for example, shopping for glasses with Warby Parker, or riding a stationary exercise bike from Peloton, or simply watching outside your front door with Ring. How can these organizations elevate relatively basic things and turn them into noteworthy consumer experiences? The answer lies in the topic of today's podcast episode, the topic of inherent shareability. You see, beneath these seemingly ordinary activities, brands are injecting incredible amounts of investment into creating valuable experiences for their consumers worth talking about. And the results, from a business and strategic perspective, have been stunning. Today, Vivoom CEO Catherine Hayes joins us once again on the show, as together she and I discuss becoming inherently shareable in today's world of fast-paced, consumer-centric, and consumer-driven marketing. Through the episode, in both question-and-answer format, as well as some longer-form prose, we explore why shareability is so important through the rise of the experience economy, how it has evolved in the 21st century, some key factors driving it, the brands we believe are doing it well today, and finally, how marketers can start to focus on becoming more shareable and the implications it has upon their businesses. Overall, we believe this episode is a conversation starter and plan to follow up on it with insight from thought leaders in this field. That said, we'd love to hear your feedback as well, and I'll let you know how you can get involved after the interview. For now, let me start the sharing off with our conversation today with Vivoom CEO, Catherine Hayes. All right, I'm here with Catherine Hayes from Vivoom, and today we're going to be talking about shareability. What is it? Why is it important? What are the elements that make it up and how to get there? First question, Catherine, when's the last time you shared a Coke? Oh, this morning? No, (laughs) Uh, at lunch. Really? Yeah, a Diet Coke. Okay, well, that counts. I ask because I believe that that campaign is one of the most memorable that I can think of probably in the 21st century, but uh, when it comes to the, the topic that we are talking about today, they made sharing the center of their message. And I think a lot of marketers know that Share a Coke is, is a very widely known and successfully done initiative. I'm curious as an opener for you here, um, because I think we can de- determine what shareability is. It's just how likely is it for a product or an experience to be shared. What I want to dive into first is why, why is that so important? these days? So a a product plus sharing equals an experience. It it takes that Coke from from just being a Coke and makes it something more than a Coke, makes it an experience for the person that's drinking that Diet Coke. And that's what people want today. People want experiences. 
There was a recent poll done by Eventbrite that found that more than 75% of millennials would rather buy an experience, a ticket to a music festival, a fancy dinner, etc., versus buying a desired thing. I was just in New York City and uh, and took my my kids to see the Broadway musical Frozen. Tickets are $200 a pop. So that's over $1000 for an average family of five. That's a big a big investment. So what makes a performance or a concert or a five-star dinner worth worth the money? It's the experience, right? It's it's an experience. There was a research study at Cornell that found that experiences are so rewarding, more rewarding than spending the same amount on on an item in part because you get more than just that thing. You get the anticipation of the event. You get the enjoyment of the event itself. And then you get, and then you get the memory. I was, I was recently rereading an article written in, in 1998 by economists Joseph Pine and James Gilmore for the Harvest, Harvard Business Review. Uh, it's called Welcome to the Experience Economy. And they outline how we as a society have evolved and so have the economic offerings or the things that we spend our, our money on. And they, they take you through an example of, of a cup of coffee in, in their book. And so early on in an agrarian economy, you make coffee directly from the coffee beans that, that you grow. Then we evolved to a goods economy. So now you buy the coffee beans at the grocery store. This is what my parents did. And you make the coffee in, in your home. Then as we move to a services economy, you, you buy your, your cup of coffee at the local diner. And it's, it's pretty inexpensive, but it's more expensive than making it at home. Um, but it's just still a cup of coffee. And in the experience economy... It's a $5 latte that you buy at your local Starbucks, where now it's moved from being just a cup of coffee or a latte to being an experience, a little break in your day, um, a moment uh, where you can get inspired and, and read a book. And of course, the price goes up with each of these iterations. That's far more expensive than the coffee my parents bought and, and made at home when I was growing up. And we'll talk about uh, other experiences and, and organizations and companies which have created similarly shareable experiences, Starbucks included, in just a little bit. But I want to get into the, the DNA of, of sharing, both from a business or brand perspective and from a one-to-one -one individual perspective. So the first thing is uh, you know, the ultimate reason. Why does somebody share a thing? And the New York Times Customer Insight Group has some great insight on that. The, the feature of a product or an experience which triggers that motivator and encourages the sharing of it. And then about the content itself, the medium through which you are likely to share content that is produced from that experience, um, the type of person you are, uh, and, and what the point of the content produced is. All these things put together, I think, really make sharing an ecosystem and when the balance is right, uh, you can really knock it out of the park. You can get to that sort of share a Coke experience. Uh, my question to you is, of those few factors, and maybe the answer is all, which ones seem to be driving the biggest part of that equation? Sharing is not a new thing. 
right? For humans wanting to tell their stories, people wanting to tell to tell their stories um, are, are are not a new thing. Humans have always wanted to share their stories about their experiences, from even the earliest forms of art and pottery uh, to mementos purchased and brought back from from trips, but. A few big things have changed even since the Joseph Pine and, and James Gilmore article that I referenced from 1998. And namely, it's that our tools for capturing and sharing have given us near instant gratification and, and made it possible for almost everyone to capture and share even the seemingly most um, or the seemingly smallest moment or story. You know, a picture of my morning latte suddenly I can elevate it to more of an experience, not just a latte, because I can snap a picture of it and share it. Photo and video cap capabilities are in everyone's hand through their mobile device, plus the channels to distribute that self-published content, not just to friends and peers, but beyond to, to a broader set of people. And this allows products to become uh, unexperienced. So, with all of that in mind, that the companies that are doing it the best take take that situation and build the stage for consumers to want to share. So give the consumers the the reason to share their story, arm them with uh, the tools to make that story even more interesting. Uh, they they really help control that sharing experience to make it something that a consumer wants to do and that their friends are really excited to watch. Speaking about why people share content, I'm going to pull back some more stats from that New York Times Customer Insight Group study. They had a number of statistics out there showing why people share the content they share. And there's a number of stats here. 49% to inform others of products that they care about and encourage action. 68% to give people a better sense of who they are. 78% to stay connected to people they might not otherwise stay in touch with. Uh, just about 70% to feel involved in the world and just over 80, the highest one of all, to support causes uh, or issues that they care about. So I'm curious, uh, you know, can we bucket these into a couple of areas which brands might focus on rather than trying to capture uh, capture all of those motivators can we focus on one two or three objectives um, that will capture some of those people it starts with the brand does the brand have a story to tell does, does the brand have a story that consumers want to tell and that consumers are excited to tell and then does the brand you know goes back to does the brand set that stage for for me as a as a user of the product wanting to tell that that story uh, so so i think it starts there it starts with with the story and a lot of brands recently retailers you know so so a lot of us are are it's it's the holiday season and and people are increasingly purchasing more things online doing their shopping online and and many brick and mortar retailers are working to reinvent themselves as places not just to shop but also to partake in an experience REI has a rock climbing wall. Lululemon has has meditation pods. Macy's recently acquired a boutique uh, that's a store in New York called, interestingly, Story, uh, and they placed its CEO as their new brand experience officer. And so these are examples of retailers that are expanding beyond their product into experiences. But I would argue that it can be even simpler. 
and therefore much, much more scalable than these, you know, kind of re retailtainment examples uh, because of sharing and because consumers want to share. And, and when you set the stage for that sharing, your product can become an experience. So, you know, take Lululemon. Not everyone can make it to the meditation pod at the Lululemon store, but everyone could, for example, scan a tag that might be sewn into their sportswear. So imagine I've bought the, the calm and cozy jacket. I was just looking at this to wear on the weekends, running around with my three young kids. And I scan a tag that might be sewn into the sleeve of my Lululemon jacket to share a picture of, of me and my twin daughters on the ground at the playground, creating sidewalk chalk murals with a fun Lululemon filter. Now my shirt is, is more than a shirt. Right? It's a unique experience that I've that I've shared both with my kids and also with with my peers. And that story that I told likely resonated with my peers. So companies like Lululemon and they're 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 not doing this yet. I'm just um, I'm just kind of imagining it because I was just looking at that jacket. But a company like Lululemon can help set the stage for me to tell that story by providing me with the props, the product the cues to share, perhaps a filter that makes my story more fun to share and from, makes my friends more excited to watch it. And perhaps Lululemon takes my video and partners with an influencer mommy who distributes it to her network of 10 or 20 million followers, creating an even broader audience for my authentic story. That's a really interesting point, elevating a product into an experience through maybe an integration for for sharing something through a a Lulu jacket or whatever it may be. I'm curious because uh, I have two things here. The first thing is a position that I'm going to make. And the second is going to be a question, which might devolve into a conversation. Who knows? But I have done a good bit of research, and both through this Times Insight Group study, as well as uh, what I see in the marketplace, as well as other uh, research that I've done. And I've tried to nail it down to a few factors, principally, which makes a particular product or experience shareable. And some of these are going to be obvious, and uh, and some might seem obvious but aren't necessarily present in a lot of experiences or products out there. So I'm thinking is, I'm going to give this position, and then let's have a conversation about some of the experiences we see out there, which does this really, really well, because I know that we both have opinions on this, and you've just recently written an article about this. The first is, does this product or experience evoke emotion. We talk about this in telling the story. Uh, We always want to be evoking some sort of feeling because that will be part of the ultimate motivator which triggers somebody to share for whatever reason that they care to do so. And uh, this is probably the most obvious of all of them, but first you must have something which evokes emotion. Secondly, something can be particularly shareable when it is personalized, when it is individual to the person experiencing that thing. I think Shara Coke does that really well, and it writes it out right there on the bottle. But there are many different ways in which we can get personalized, and we'll talk about some of them in just a second. Obviously, something which is visually appealing, number three, something which draws in the eye, which either brings a a shock value or a wow factor, uh, is something that is inherently shareable because it is something which will draw uh, eyeballs and engagement, whether that be online or off. And then two more, which I think should be more prevalent, but aren't. 
And there are a few people that do this, and they do it really, really well. Again, we'll talk about that in a second. The first is to orchestrate a community. And that is where a product or an experience extends beyond that individual, perhaps personalized thing and broadens it so that all these experiences can be connected across communities and connected across consumers. That's one. We'll talk about a couple examples of that. And then second, is there any reward for sharing? Is there any recognition? I think that's an important question that envelops the fifth thing that can make a product or experience inherently shareable. Does this thing generate buzz or praise organically? But beyond that, does it make it easy or convenient for the experiencer to share? That's a lot of positioning. But it lays an important foundation for this question, which is out there right now, I'm sure there are many, many companies, many, many brands who are trying to do this. Some do it incredibly well. We've talked about Coke. But what are some others? I mean, what examples might you have of products or experiences that are inherently shareable for any of the five reasons that I just described. So most of the time, a product that does it really well hits all of these points or hits hits a lot of the points that you talk about. They have a great story to tell, which taps into the emotion. It's one that's personalized or relevant, maybe not quite so uh, so obviously as, as the Coke one, but it, but it feels really, really personal and really relevant to the person that wants to share it. It's visually appealing and, and so forth. But what's interesting to me is a lot of, of, of even the brands who are doing this really well, send people out of their, of their brand experience. Um, and, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. So imagine, well, let's go back to Starbucks. So imagine, for example, Starbucks sending consumers to a third party selling its coffee from a stand in the street. Sure, it, it, it's still a coffee. It's still a Starbucks coffee, but it's not the experience of inspiration, of a little break in our day that draws us into a Starbucks. It's just a coffee. Starbucks would never do that, right? It, it, you need the whole experience of being in the store, waiting for your coffee, having, getting to customize it, having your name written on it. Um, that entire experience is what makes a Starbucks a Starbucks. So given the importance of creating, creating an experience and giving, given the role that sharing can have in creating an experience, great brands should really set the stage for the sharing and then utilize social channels simply as the distribution channels for consumers who want to share. So just like Starbucks sets the stage for the experience of that coffee that they serve you, a brand can set the stage for for the sharing versus sending people away to a third party social platform for them to do to do that sharing. So then let's think about a company which you recently wrote about in Entrepreneur, and that is Warby Parker. These are well, I, let me just let you do the, the explanation here, because I think they've done something really, really great with an experience that I'm sure for a long time was pretty mundane, going out and buying a pair of glasses. Right. So so they they built sharing into their experience from day one, and, and they did it really to solve a problem. They said, how are we going to 
get people fashionable but less expensive gla- glasses. We're going to do it through selling them to them digitally. But how are we going to do that in a way that makes people comfortable that they're buying a, a, a set of frames that look good on them and, and feel comfortable and so forth? So they solved that challenge in two ways. And one of it, what one of the ways was, well, we'll ship you multiple pairs of glasses and you'll get to try on all, you know, all of those and, and figure out which ones you like best and then send them back, the ones that you don't want. But the second way that they solved it was by encouraging people to, when you get your frames, snap a picture of yourself in, in each of the pairs of glasses and send them to your friends for, for feedback. And based on which ones your friends think look best, it'll help inform your decision. So you sharing was made a part of the experience from day one. And now you feel more confident that you look great in the frames that you've selected because your friends, you know, your peers let you know, hey, those are the ones that look really good on you. But it also became an incredibly powerful way for more people to learn about Warby Parker and more people to learn about those those glasses. I would argue um, that Warby Parker could still take it a step further because they're, you know, they are essentially um, when it comes to the sharing, they're setting the stage really well, but they're still handing over the experience to a third party social platform instead of having that entire experience of creating and sharing a picture of myself in the frames, a Warby Parker experience. And ultimately my photo may still get on Instagram or Facebook or in an email to my friends, but Warby Parker could shepherd me through that experience, just like Starbucks takes you through the experience of getting your coffee versus having you know, a third party uh, in the middle of the street from a stand selling you a coffee that really wouldn't be that, that Starbucks experience. There's certainly an evolution to be had here, even with those who seem to be ahead of the game in this way. But uh, I appreciate your insight there on Warby Parker. Everybody, I will put that entrepreneur article in the show notes so that you can read further. Uh, you know, internally at, at Vavoom, that that's one of the companies which we think has done this really well so far. And um, you know, of course, every, everybody ha- has has room to grow. Um, but that's uh, that's one of our, I think, one of our north stars. You would say, right, in terms of who is doing UGC really, really well, even outside of what we bring to the table. Oh, they've set the stage beautifully for for making their the buying of Warby Parker glasses an experience, making sharing a part of their of their product experience, making it something that actually makes their product better. You're more confident in the frames you've gotten before you get them. Um, and, you know, of course, as you say, there's there's opportunity to improve and to really deepen and lengthen that experience of consumer sharing by really helping guide the consumer through that experience and making it more of a Warby Parker experience versus just, you know, just sending them straight to a social platform. Imagine imagine Starbucks. I mean, they have a they offer a great experience, but what if they could deepen and lengthen that experience through consumer sharing? And instead of sending the consumer away to Instagram, if you look at the chalkboard in a, in a Starbucks, they often say, go, you know, go to Instagram and share your, your unicorn frappuccino. Imagine instead of being sent immediately away to share that unicorn frappuccino, 
that experience could be initiated directly from the Starbucks app or a scan of the coffee cup. So that, that, that sharing experience itself is an inspirational one, one that aligns with the Starbucks experience and the Starbucks brand. And, you know, the photo is, is still shared by the consumer to Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, but the experience itself is aligned with the Starbucks experience. Folks, I just want you to think about where else this exists today. If you're listening to this point in the show, you should tweet us at Vavoom Podcast uh, and let us know what some other inherently shareable products and experiences you see uh, in the market today, because we can name a bunch. Again, taking these um, things which are inherently personal or solitary and creating communities and rewarding sharing around them has created excellent inherent shareability. Think about... Think about Ring. Think about home security. People can can share that now with their neighborhoods, and there's an inherent reason to do so. It triggers a primary motivator to share. It's for a higher cause. Think about exercise and something like a Peloton bike, where you have interactive classes you can view right there on the device itself, creating communities of people who are devoted to their fitness goals and who want to share that progress. Again, triggering another primary motivator and creating a community for doing so. Even things that are... Uh, even more mundane than that, sharing a payment that you made to somebody, uh, sharing a music, uh, sharing a music album that you're listening to. They're everywhere. So we'd love to hear your feedback and commentary because we know there's far more than we we're able to see, but uh, we certainly wanted to highlight a few here on this episode. Catherine, if a marketer or a brand out there is looking to get more shareable in their experience, maybe they've identified a growth opportunity there. How would you suggest they go about even starting to frame that up or think about it? I think they can um, start to think about how have they set the stage for storytelling? Do they have a good story that consumers want to tell about their about their brand or about a part of their of their brand or a part of their experience? Are they giving them the tools to to make it additive to the to the experience of of the brand? Um, and then how how is the the brand amplifying that story once it's told so it reaches as large an audience as as possible certainly that's what we do at Vavoom. we we help brands set the stage for for storytelling so that they can turn their products into experiences through consumer sharing or deepen the experience if they already offer um, a really strong experience. Uh, but brands can do this um, just in thinking about how are they setting the, the, the stage for storytelling for, for their consumers. And uh, fun fact I'll conclude with since we're heading into the, into the holiday season. Uh, I was just reading the, the 12th annual Accenture Holiday Shopping Survey and they found that service and or experience gift buying this season is on the rise. So, in fact, the number of shoppers who said they plan to buy physical products as gifts this year dropped 11% versus last year. And the number of consumers who said they plan to buy an experience as a gift increased 5% to 49%. So um, we're moving more toward experiences. I think the, the holiday shopping survey shows that. And uh, we really you know, are excited about shareability because it can help make even a product and experience and transform it into an experience. That was a fun fact. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't know that. No, that's important. It's a good little tidbit to leave, to leave viewers with. You can see 
how important uh, this is getting. But once again, uh, Catherine Hayes, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you, Adam. Many thanks to Catherine Hayes for joining the show today. I mentioned in an earlier episode that her voice will become familiar to you as we dive into different industry topics, and I hope you enjoyed the insight. By the way, that article she just published in Entrepreneur will be linked, as I mentioned during our conversation, in the show notes. Before I close out here, I wanted to share how you can get involved with the podcast. We would love to hear your thoughts on what makes a product or experience shareable as we continue to explore this topic. And of course, would love your general feedback as to how you are enjoying the show so far. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash in slash Adam J. Connor. That's C-O-N-N-E-R. Or tweet us at our new Twitter handle, at Vavoom Podcast. You can also follow us there, of course, and you can also subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or anywhere else you might enjoy the content. Thanks again for tuning in, and we can't wait to come back to you with another episode. In two weeks' time, we'll be sitting down with Kathy Davis, Chief Marketing Officer of Feeding America, so be sure to stay tuned in for that. For now, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and for Authentic Influence, you'll hear from us again next time.